good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 31 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm back with my fellow co-host today. Uh, Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's going on, guys? Happy to be with you. Yes, sir. Chris, introduce yourself, man. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Uh, I'm back in business, man. Mara, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's up, Colin? Thank you for having me today. You know the vibes, man. Uh, Lodge, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's good, everybody? Yes, sir. So now today is going to be college basketball. We haven't done a college basketball episode in weeks now. Uh, College basketball, March Madness is right around the corner. And, you know, we got a lot to talk about, the current events, you know, our favorite players, and we're going to go off from there. I'm going to let Mari take over. Go ahead, Mari. All right. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, because I'm not really the college type, so this this episode is going to be different since I'm going to be, you know, hosting and asking the questions. But uh, the first topic for today, since we're going to get into it, I want to hear everybody's personal top five players to watch. Oh, I, I want to hear I want to hear uh, Kyrie's. I want to hear Kyrie's. I want to hear Kyrie's. All right, so I'm going to start off with my number five. My number five right now is going to be Josh Petty. He's a senior at Alabama. And he's a guy where a lot of us, uh, a lot of like a lot of mock drafts and stuff, they had him being drafted his first three years, like like second round, uh, late first round. So he was de- like, he's definitely has a lot of talent. I definitely, I honestly thought he should have went out um, his freshman year where he's playing alongside Colin Sexton, who's in the league now, obviously. But yeah, John Petty, he's a great shooter. Um, he's getting better at sharpening his tools and bettering his game all around. Um, he seems like he could be really good defensively. He's sneaky athletic. And he's one of the best shooters in college basketball. He recently just broke uh, Alabama's all-time three-point record a couple games ago. Okay, pretty sturdy, pretty sturdy. That's your number five. I mean, so so my my number five is actually from Villanova. Colin, you guys know. I'm not going to say his last name. You guys know. Colin, my name's Colin. You see that? All right, let me stop. So Colin, he's actually – He's actually doing pretty well for the Wildcats besides – I think he's an underclassman too, Brian Antoine, right? He was a top 15 recruit. Um, I thought with him being there, he would kind of be taking the lion's share of the minutes, but he's actually – Collins actually holding himself pretty well and putting himself in the NBA draft discussion for this year's NBA draft. So, I mean, he's actually doing pretty well for Villanova. So, that's my number five for me. Nice. And his name is Colin uh, Gillespie for everybody that doesn't know. Yes, Gillespie. Sorry, I should, should have said that, but yeah. That's that's my guy number five. Respectable. Uh, Laj, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go for so for my number five. I'm gonna uh, do Mac McClung, McClung from uh, Texas Tech. Uh, he's a second year. He just recently transferred from Georgetown. He got the waiver to be able to play this season, and uh, he's began starting off pretty this season pretty much having twenty a game. Pretty much every game he play, he jumps a twenty clip. Um, and honestly, he's been a, a huge star for me because I always watched him in high school, and I know he actually broke uh, Allen Ivins' record for the state uh, state total points for their basketball for men's basketball in high school. Um, coming into the uh, college last year, Texas Tech, he had a solid season, but I feel like this transfer to Texas Tech—I'm sorry—to Georgetown is for his freshman season. He did all right, but I feel like his biggest move was transferring to Texas Tech and kind of taking off. And I feel like he—he he has he is he has a chance. To win conference player for his conference, but K Cunningham, K Cunningham is in his uh his conference as well though, so we'll see. Oh, I like that. I like that. And uh, lastly, Chris. So I got a tie number five because I couldn't decide between these two players. So the first I'm gonna go from the Big Ten at a, for Illinois, Kofi Cuckburn. I think it's pronounced his name, the big man. Um, wow, I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't say their point guard because he was on my list. You could go either one for real, for real. Yeah, he was on my list. Listen, man, Kofi averaging a double-double right now. Oh, no, no, respect him, respect to him. I'm just saying, that point guard is he's, he's looking more like an NBA big every time I see him, even though he's, like, even though height wise not really up. He's, I mean, he's seven feet. He's, like, he's and he's athletic seven foot and heavy set. So, I, I'm concerned about him being heavy set, though, because as we saw with, like, DeMarcus Cousins, somebody else that I really liked, um, sometimes that can be a – that can be an issue for you, but ever since I've seen him play in college, he's I've seen him average like five dunks a game in every game I've seen him playing. So he's obviously been dominated. And outside of that, this is my sleeper, but I also really like watching him play when I can see his highlights and stuff. Um, out of at Ohio, uh, Jason Preston, that man can ball. And what is really going to the radar is he's really le- Ohio has a good record, and not saying they should be ranked, but they should be put on the radar for teams that could 
upset these bigger schools when it comes to the tournament. For sure. I definitely no, that's, that's for him uh, in the beginning of the season. I heard he was on a hot streak. I got to tune into him some more, though. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. That's tough. No, I like I, I like um hearing everybody. I'm like I'm I'm liking everybody's picks because y'all know I don't really watch it. So like I like hearing these different names so I can go watch them. But um I'm gonna start it back over with Chris. Can I get your number four, Chris? Uh, all right. So for number four for me, uh, I'm going out of West Virginia, uh, Malik McBride, or I said Malik Miles McBride. Now. I honestly first saw him when they played Texas Tech and him and Mac McClellan was going back and forth and he eventually hit the game winner on Matt McClellan and mm. stopped him from scoring. But I like his game because he reminds me of a dynamic of like a, just a, what a true dynamic point guard or dual threat point guard is supposed to be when it comes to the NBA. I mean, he's only averaging uh, 16 points, about five assists, which is, isn't bad for a sophomore, but I like it. I like where development is going. So he'd be number four for me. That's tough. Or... Uh, Lodge. Oh, my bad. Was somebody hey. saying something? No, go ahead. It's Lodge. Yeah. Oh, so for my number four, I got a uh, – I, I want to say like a kind of like an underground pick, a real underground pick, because I don't see him entering the draft this coming season despite him – despite the numbers he's having so far. But I'm going to go with Scottie Pippen Jr. of Vanderbilt. Uh, honestly, he's been having a, an amazing sophomore season considering how, how his season – basically him barely getting minutes in his freshman season last year. And uh, I found out about him uh, previously playing high school with uh, big star names like Cassius Stanley, um, uh, somebody he actually graduated yeah, with, uh, Kenyon Martin, yeah. Martin Jr., who's actually on the, uh, the Houston Rockets right now. So, yeah, so he's been pretty much been having a, a huge turnaround. I believe he had a growth spurt. So right now I believe he's saying that he's about 6'2", 6'3", about 170. He's averaging like 21, three boards and five dimes. Um he he's just been despite them not having a good record, his his solo play has been really, really, really glaring. I like that pick. That was that's that's not a pick I hear every day, especially in somebody's top five. But um Colin, I'm gonna swing it to you in year number four. Appreciate that. Uh I gotta go with the Illinois point guard. So Chris went with the big man. I gotta go with the point guard. Io Chris, you wanna help me pronounce his last name? I was really struggling with this. Dosum. I don't know it. Better figure that out. Dosum. All right. I'm Ayo, Ayo. So the Illinois point guard, he just recently had a, had a triple double. And man, like he's, it's just crazy because he's not really looked at. He's he's on the mock drafts, like the late first round. I really think he's higher than that, in my opinion. He's just outside the lottery, but not that far from, not that far down the first round. If you guys agree with me, just let me know. Because he's. I think once he gets his workouts going the offseason, he'll. Yes. I really, yeah, Kyrie, I'm definitely agreeing with you. Once he gets those private, those individual workouts in the combine, he'll definitely skyrocket. I mean, six five, long, lanky point guard, athletic. He's smooth with the ball. Uh, he's definitely in, uh, helped his jump shot over the summer. That was one of the big weaknesses, too, and he definitely corrected that. I mean, like and like Chris said, they could be a team that can make some noise when it comes tournament time. Uh, Io, he's definitely number four for me. Love him. I like it. I like the energy. I like it. Um, Kyrie, can I hear your number four? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm gonna go with Posh Alexander. He's the starting freshman point guard at St. John's. Not to mention he uh he cooked Collins number five a couple of days ago. Um, when they played Villanova, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that for later. <laughs> uh, his numbers don't really stand out too much, but he's he's really solid. Like he's putting up twelve three and uh twelve three and four, but he's putting up also he's also averaging almost three steals a game. He's he really reminds me. I know it's big shoes to fill, but he really reminds me of like Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul. Like he's really undersized. He's about six foot, like two hundred pounds. He has to get his weight weight under control, but he's just like a heady point guard. He always knows where to be, and I, I just love his overall game. He's just like he has that pit bull mentality, and he's one of the best defenders in the Big East. I think he's going to win Big East Freshman of the Year. Or I like it. Can I get your um number three? Uh, back to me. Yeah. So, all right. So, number three, I'm going to go with the sharp shootout of Gonzaga, Corey Kispert. He's having a great year. And a lot of mock drafts, I had him seen jump from, like, the late second round to, like, just outside the lottery. Some of them even in the lottery, like, in around, like, the 12, 13, 14 range. So, he's he's just one of the great – one of the greatest shooters in college basketball right now. He's 
averaging 19 points a game and um, hitting his threes at like a 48% clip. And he's just one of the big reasons that makes his, uh, that's making Zaga number one in the country right now. And I think he's going to have a great NBA career also. Solid, solid. Colin, I'm going to swing it to you for your number three. Man, Kyrie Lodge and Chris, I was really debating on this one. It's two freshman point guards. One played a lot uh, for the season, and one just recently got admitted to being playing. It's, I was really struggling with this one, but I'm going to go with Jalen Suggs on this one just because I don't have enough on Sharif Cooper. Even though I like what I'm seeing from Sharif Cooper, I just don't have enough. And then, obviously, he won't get a chance to play in the tournament. So, But that's why I'm going to lean with Jalen Suggs. But no no disrespect to Sharif Cooper. He's a baller. Uh, I got to go with Jalen Suggs. And he's actually on – I think on the last college episode, you guys had him like in your top two, number one, top three. And yeah. Jalen Suggs huh? – Yeah, he still is, honestly. Still, yeah, Jalen Suggs hasn't – I think he exceeded expectations. I mean, no, I didn't think Jalen Suggs would be this good, honestly. And he's playing Gonzaga as usual. Gonzaga is one of the leading teams, so you know, who the safest pick to win the tournament if everyone was to bet. So I got to go with Jalen Suggs. He's athletic. He can shoot the ball. He's a turnover-prone type of guard, but that's something that can always work on when it comes to, you know, decision-making with the right coaching and when he learns the offense. But I got to go with Jalen Stiles. He's my guy, number three. Solid. Um, Kyrie, I'm going to swing it to you for your number three. All right, for my number three, I actually have Jalen Suggs. Um, pretty much for all the same reasons that Colin had. Uh, he's very athletic. He has to, like Colin said, he has to clean up his turnovers. He has to be more of a – become more of a true NBA point guard and not just a scoring guard. And he has to be, he does a good job of getting his teammates involved, especially in transition. But I think overall, like in a half court set, he has to do a better job of it. But um, yeah, enough said, he's an all around athlete, Mr. Minnesota in football and basketball back in high school. He's definitely a contender for number one, number two pick. All right, um, Lodge. So for number three, I'm gonna go with uh, Luca Garza from Iowa. Uh, he's a senior coming in on on his last year of college, and he uh, he's pretty much dominating. And his name is just known everywhere. He's averaging about 25, eight, and two dimes with shooting 58 percent from the field. Um, just his overall game is just pretty. The way because honestly, me and Kari had this conversation a few days ago. We were comparing comparing him to a, a handful of big men or kind of that carry some of the traits he has already. And uh, we named a couple of people like Yusevich, uh, Jokic. Um, I brought up Sabonis in a way, a little way, considering his footwork and his post game is amazing. Um, honestly, I can see him just winning uh, college player of the year. He, I think he pretty much, he won big 10 player of the year last year and he was consensus, consensus first team all American last year as well. So we'll see. Sure. So I like these answers. Chris, um, over to you for your third. Um, so somebody already mentioned him, but I'm going Mac McClung because for the, my reasoning, I feel like he's been able to play more like himself since he transferred from Georgetown. And I'm really liking this new player I'm seeing. I mean, again, stats not really eye-popping. They're improved from his Georgetown days, you know, 17. I would, I would like him to pass the ball more. I know he's a score first guard, which I'm not mad at, but to the next level, you gotta you gotta be able to pass the ball a little bit more than just give me you know two assists. But I like what I'm seeing. I feel like he's playing more like himself, which is what I really like to see. So I'm gonna give him number three. Or, um, yeah, Chris, do you? I'm gonna swing it to you. For, um, well, I'm gonna keep it on you for your number two. Who you guys number two? All right, so nobody probably gonna like this, and that's fine. But for my team, I was tough because. Since I watch a lot of Big Ten basketball because my favorite team is Michigan, I pay attention to that kind of stuff. So lately, I'm becoming a really big fan of Isaiah Livers. Now, again, stats not really eye-popping, but he's one of those players that stayed around for Michigan all four years. He's a senior now. He developed, he's developing each year. He's gotten better each year. Stats have been better each year. He's really one of the key contributors outside of France Wagner and Harry Dickerson on, what, on why uh, the Wolverines are so good this year. Again, he's like I said, he's averaging about 15 and six right now. He had he's he's a nice wing player. I can see him as a three and D in the league, but just the improvement is what I'm is what I'm really liking. And I can see the improvement just watching him how we played just each year. I mean, he was I mean, obviously he had a lesser role when he was a freshman or sophomore, but since his role has expanded, he's also 
expand his game, which I really like. So he can shoot the three ball. He, has, he can also drive, which he's worked a lot on. So Isaiah Liver is number two for me because of his improvement. Respectable. Hey, okay. Some good points, some good points. I'm going to swing it over to you, Lodge. Who you got as your number two? So Colin brought him up a few picks ago, and uh, he brought up the, the small sample size. But I'm going to have to say Sharif Cooper, despite his small sample size. The only reason why is because with that small sample size, he pretty much showed, like, everything I kind of – I don't want to say doubted, but I, I kind of wanted the question coming into college. For, for one, his size, and he's very undersized. He's about, like, six foot. Honestly, he might be 5'11", about 175-ish. And his jumper as well, which is still, I feel like, it has, a, it has a lot of work to do. But overall, his game is just amazing to watch. His ability to get his teammates involved, to get to the paint and finish as well, uh, show up in big-time moments in games, despite, you know, he had a, a couple jittery moments, him getting excited and kind of made a few mistakes here and there. But just, just his overall game just kind of just kind of keeps you watching, keeps your eyes glued to the TV. Yo, I like that too because I had I had to leave him in my honorable mentions just because like you mentioned his small sample size. But like you said, he he runs like he runs Auburn well. They don't they're not the same, they're not the same team when he's not off the floor. But that's the only thing about me, and that's one one of the few reasons like I have like wasn't really able to tune into Auburn like that because without him, they're not that good. They're, they don't have a lot of talent like that. So him like him being there and showing what he could do, I really I definitely like the improvement since he got they got him back. Two things I could definitely say with 100% certainty is that, one, if Sharif was playing from the beginning, their record would be completely different. Two. Oh, and he might be top three, bro. I ain't even going yeah. to oh, I love Sharif. Bro, he's dirty, bro. I, I love Sharif. I, I see CP3 in him so much, man. Like, yo, I, me, yo, I totally I see, that, yo. Like, I yeah. see, like, he's literally, he's CP3. He's really like CP3. And number two. When Kentucky recruited him, I was never more hyped. I was even more hyped than Kade Cunningham. I was never more hyped for Kentucky to get a point guard. If we had got Sharif Cooper, this would be a complete different Kentucky team. No doubt in my mind. But sadly, that's not the case. So we'll touch on that later on. Oh, yeah. Let's just keep the ball rolling, Colin. Who's your uh, number two? Oh, man. Uh, Luke Garza. I mean, he's, he's – I mean, what can't he do? I mean, he's doing it all right now for our – Iowa State. So, I mean, listen, he's a bucket getter. He, he rebounds the ball well. He, put, he should put a little bit more strength, but that's something that comes with, obviously, Tom. Well, not strength. More like his post moves because he's more of a shooter. But he's definitely – he fits the stretch four, stretch five type of big man in the league now that league that the league covets. So, his shooting is going to make him last years upon years. You know, just you know, just keep his body healthy and in shape, and, you know, he'll be a productive NBA player. All right, yeah, I like that. Um, Kyrie. All right, so my number one uh, is going to be Luka Garza also. And I'm going to disagree with Colin about his postgame. I think his postgame is probably, probably the best asset he has. And even off the ball, one of my favorite things like about watching him is his, his ability to create positioning, like without the ball and, the, and to have the point guard throw the ball to wherever he wants it to. And once he gets to the position like that on the block and he gets comfortable, it's over. He, like, it's, it's an automatic bucket. And he might even get the foul and get the and one. So I think that's going to be his most, like, translatable skill to uh to the NBA. Like 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 Lyles was saying, I compare him a lot to, like, a Vucevic, uh Nikola Jokic. He would just have to get his playmaker ability up to be, like, to get to that level. But, yeah, that he, he's definitely been uh, my favorite player to watch all season long. But 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 wouldn't you say his 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 greatest strength is when he's on the perimeter rather than in the post? Not not necessarily because the way Iowa plays, Iowa has shooters like Jordan Bohannon, um, Wees Camp, Wees Camp, Joe Wees Camp, uh, Connor McCaffrey. Okay, one of the McCaffrey brothers. I can't remember his name, but they have shooters like that to the point where he doesn't really need to be on a perimeter like that. And when he is, is on a pick and pop usually. And another good thing about his game, though, is you have to respect his jumper. But at the same time, he has the ball and the ability to take it from the perimeter into the like into the lane to get where he wants to against bigger guys and against smaller guys. I never questioned his ball, his, his guard skills. His guard skills is wise. Another unique factor to him too. While he'll last in the league a long time, I definitely agree with that, Kyrie. Yeah, so I'm I'm just saying because of, because he's at Iowa, he doesn't really have to show off that three pointer like as much. But when he gets to the league, depending on what his team is, we he might break it out even more. You never know. 
But that jumper looks sweet. That's why I really praise that jumper. That jumper yeah, I just want to bring up one more point about Garza before we go off here. Go ahead. Reed, me, me and Reed was just dying about this the last game he played. But whenever you're Mar, when you get a chance, or any of when y'all watch him, right, watch him running up and down that court. And he don't get that ball, he's going to be tight. Yo, I oh, he's the first one down there every time. Bro, and oh, he yeah, don't get effort. that ball, yeah, I, I've got a couple of he's pissed, bro. I guarantee you, as soon as he get that ball, it's an instant bucket. And it's no, that's a mentality you would want from, from your so, star player. So if that's the case, I wonder how pissed he was when his team when his team folded and they lost to Minnesota when they should have won, when they got upset. Well, I mean, hey, it happened. Bro, they went by six with a minute left. They lost overtime. Hmm. All right. Well. And he lost the last game uh, to Indiana, two on a heartbreaker. Indiana, don't Wait, doesn't Indiana have a five-star point guard? He was like the number one point guard in the class of 2021, and he reclassified? No, they best player right now. I think he's a power forward, Trace Jackson Davis. Oh, okay. yes, yes. Yeah, all right, right, right. They best player right now. I don't know about their point guard situation, though. All right, sounds fair. All right, Mark. Oh, no, I'm going to swing it over to you for your number one. Oh, for me, for my number one, oof, man, I struggle with this between two freshmen too, man. But I got to go with Kade Cunningham. Number one pick, any team that gets them in this stack draft class, you're getting a bomb for nine superstar. Like, I never. Kali, you went out, bro. This was a night-night. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, Lodge, can I hear your number one? <laughs> no, nah, we can't do that to Colin because <laughs> run that back, Colin, bro. We ain't hear oh, you. Oh, oh, you didn't hear me? Oh, oh man. Sorry, like I like I was saying, the number one pick in the draft, he's definitely someone that if Oklahoma State wasn't banned, he they go really far, and he'd average about 20, give you eight, and then seven boards with that, too. Def- he's a great defender as well, and he's clutch. I know you guys have seen his clutch shots. You guys have seen it. He's not afraid to take the big shot at the last moment. He's fearless. He's everything you want a number one pick in the draft. So that's my number one. I like it. Solid points. I respect it. Um, so now, Lodge, you can you can say your number one. So I was hoping Colin didn't say Kate Cunningham, but I do want to point out that surprisingly his team is also has a solid record for Considering the team he's on, he didn't go to a big school, uh, so to say, and he kind of pretty much showed that he can still uh, allow them to win games with 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 a, with a team so that that isn't so great. And I also want to point out my comparison from earlier on of Paul George. I feel like he also lived up to that uh, in a way because considering his raw scoring scoring ability, his playmaking, his raw playmaking ability, and, and his defense as well. I like I like that Paul George comparison because I was actually watching the play the other day, and a lot of guys like like the commentators were saying like like scouts are not even viewing him as like a point guard or a two guard no more. They just see him as like a like a playmaking wing that could do a little bit of everything. I kind of saw today is a like a slightly small version of Ben Simmons with a jump shot because he has a jumper and he's efficient from the three point and his free throws. So he's that's how I looked at today Cunningham's and you know. So that's that was my NBA comparison. Small of a smaller version, three inches, four inches tall, shorter than Ben Simmons. So that's how I look at Kadeh Cunningham. Yeah, that's a shade comparison I gave him. Right. Was, was, no, these are some solid um points because Kate Cunningham is probably the only person I really know. And the guy y'all named from Iowa. I forgot his name. Luke Garza. So yeah, I know him too. Right. But yeah. Um, Chris, let um you, you I'm gonna let you finish it off with your number one. I mean, it's basically unanimous because I was gonna go with Kate Cunningham too. I mean, I I I had one completed best game, and that's just I I just want him to like pass the ball a little bit more, just so we average more than three assists. But besides that, this he got a number one written all over him. So sure is. Solid. Um, we're gonna move on to the next topic. We're gonna get into it now. Um. What's, I'm going to talk to y'all about the reason for the fall of the Blue Blood programs this year. Let me start with Kentucky, my team. Y'all bums. Where do we even start? Wait, wait, wow. wait, Colin. Don't get now, bro. Wait, Colin, I'm sorry. I don't, don't mean to cut you off. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, like, I have, 
I've been informed that um this is the first time both Duke and Kentucky haven't been nationally ranked since 1982. Yeah. Oh, so true. do you want to do you want to handle that part too while you go first? Uh well, I mean, well it kind of ties in as to why, you know, that those two are really playing so so poorly this year. I mean, let me hear it. I mean, we can start, man. Where do we even start, Kyrie? I mean, we can start from one. We can start from the point guard to Boston to Terrence Clark. The the only shining star on that team at this point is Davion Mintz and Isaiah Jackson and Lance Ware. Definitely, and Keon Brooks is coming on too. But Keon like, Brooks is playing well. But like the freshman we recruited, the number one class turned out. I don't listen. So apparently, Terrence Clark and it, it supposedly Terrence Clark branded Boston. Pat- Again, my lord, nice. Colin. What? What up? Just, just for, just for the Kentucky fans. I just, I just looked something up. They're down to Arkansas right now. I'm watching a game right now. They are breaking everything, bro. Like the score. They are breaking everything, dog. What's the score right now? Eight to forty-nine. Like, 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 even right now, it's with, like, they're playing Arkansas, and it's like, I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, at this point, watching Kentucky is just watching to see, like, the development of the players. Like, what's the one player we could look forward to coming back next year? That's really, at this point, any Kentucky fan, if they're watching Kentucky play. Like, it, it's just embarrassing. I mean, Terrence Clark wants to leave. Brandon Boston, I heard there's rumors they prepped their bags. They're ready to leave which is horrible. Elijah thinks uh, they're not going to be – well, Brandon might not be a G League, but Terrence Clark is definitely G League in my opinion. He'll bounce around. Uh, he'll do nothing. You know, talent-wise, the talent is there, but I, I just don't see anything from him. He hasn't shown me anything. Unless Lodge want to correct me there. Like, what has he shown me? What has he shown you, Lodge? It's not necessarily what he, about him being what he's shown, but my – I guess you can say my answer to that kind of it, it answers it answers pretty much all the questions we were going to be asked today uh, about the G League and the and, and college between the difference between them and this blue bus situation because honestly with those two players you named that are kind of having the biggest kind of fall off or kind of just let down season uh, Brandon Boston and Terrence Clark if you watch their games in high school their games weren't really circled around kind of like collegiate professional basketball, so to say. So in my eyes, when you're in a COVID season, you're not getting that many practices. You're not really, you're not really training to kind of run plays, but you're getting thrown into a system that you're not, you're not really used to. So when you're thrown into that, everything is just not the same. So. Well, I mean, what then, what what then to Lajra, wouldn't that something like, that's all the more reason why Terrence Clark and Brandon Boston should like the only Isaiah Jackson, the only one I could say, I'm fine with him going to the NBA. Like he deserved. And it. I feel like he, he his role is, his role for the game is a lot easier to fit into than 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 Clark and, and Boston. So it's just like that's the reason why his his game hasn't really been hindered from it, so to say. All right, I, I just like I said, that's Kentucky and Duke. Well, Jalen Johnson. So how would you guys describe Jalen Johnson? Like, how would you describe him overall this season? Jalen Johnson, he he. He hasn't shown himself to be, like, the, the big-time scorer that we've seen in high school. Like, I remember seeing him coming out of high school. He reminded me kind of of, like, kind of like Paul Pierce, where he wasn't, like, the most like the most athletic, but he was his size and, like, good, like, footwork to be mm-hmm. able to get himself a bucket, and he and he was a good shooter. But right. he, uh, he he hurt his foot in the middle of the season, in the middle of the, uh, this season so far. He came back recently and dropped 22. But after that, he dropped, like, nine points, put up, like, 14, 15, put up nine points again. So it's just, like – is, is like fluctuating that that also goes to Duke having many start different star lineups this season too. Like Lodgers kind of say with Kentucky, that chemistry is just not there. And a lot of these guys, they, they just haven't transitioned from being able to play high school ball where it's more free, free flowing to college ball where it's a lot more structured. Hold on, let me, I want to add something to the Duke thing. Cause I, I remember this so well. So I remember early in the year, I don't know if y'all remember, I think, what is it about the, I'm trying to think of what the showcase is called when the same when Duke, Michigan State, uh, Kansas, and uh, Kentucky. Oh, I think it's Hoop Hall. I, I think it's something like a championship classic. Yeah, 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 championship classic. Okay, so I remember I was watching that, and I was watching the Michigan State Duke game, and I was looking at Duke play, and what I noticed for the first time in a while is they don't have a system. 
And that's something I really noticed because that's very true. Time, that's very true. Because half the time when I was seeing them come up the court, it was maybe two passes or somebody was either trying to ISO or trying to make something out of nothing. Or I don't know what was going on. But I remember they they weren't they were only down by maybe five points and they just made it like a little run to cut off Michigan. And I and I can't I don't remember exactly these players' names because I haven't really been paying attention to Duke. But I remember three straight possessions. It was one person taking on the whole team, and that led to fast break points for Michigan State. It might have been Matthew Hurts because he's really like I I would say the best player between him and Wendell Moore. They're both playing pretty bad, but I gotta go probably Matthew Hurts. Probably yes, when I was just looking. I was just I was just thinking to myself, it was like maybe this is why they haven't been good this year because unlike past years, they've actually even if they haven't had a quote unquote talented roster like a Kentucky has, something I've always noticed. Well, outside of Trayvon Duvall, in my case, they've at least had a solid point guard or at least a solid floor general somewhere in there. Cause I was just thinking, I was just thinking about the Jones brothers and uh, Nolan Smith, just some other Duke point guards. And I was thinking like, they were all really, they were all great players, but they all controlled the court whenever they were on it. And that's what I'm seeing this year. This year, the blue devils basketball, just a bunch of helter skelter and just hope for the best, just throw up a lot of shots and try to play defense, but they're not really good at defense either. So maybe that's the reason why they're bad. Kentucky's the same exact way. Chris, I want to touch on that point guard situation. That's one thing, too, that Kentucky struggles is point guard. Jeremy Roach, I actually like the Jeremy Roach the most out of that class, the high school class graduating. I think it's class 2022. I actually liked him the most, and I'm surprised he's not really playing as well. Him him, and Caleb Love, all the freshman point guards besides Kadane and Jalen Suggs and Sharif Cooper, they're not playing that well, to be honest with you. So – and like, and I want to touch on what Kentucky said. Compared to when Duke, Duke's usually had the more talented team the past five years because they've had they beat it us out for recruits, like the number one to recruit. And the one time, once again, Kentucky comes back on top with the most talent. Oh, Colin! <laughs> oh man, this is a record. He on a roll today. <laughs> Hello? There you go. We hear you. Hello? Okay. Sorry for that. And low in the fence. Um, I was touching on the Jeremy Roach uh, and him as a point guard. He's not the type of point guard that uh, Duke really goes out to really grab. And I thought he'd be a great fit for Duke. And then Kentucky's recruits, I don't know if they just aren't as good as advertised or also it plays for uh, Coach Cal's old, old offense. He ran from 2008 when it's 2021. So it's a lot of factors in the Kentucky being bad. But honestly, I think Terrence Clark might not be good as advertised. Brandon Boston, he the talent is there, but it's like I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. If anybody um, doesn't have anything else to say about it, we could move on to the next topic. I was, uh, was going to go next if nobody else wanted to. All right, go ahead, Kyrie. You listen. So I, I had – so for the, as far as like the fall of the blue bloods this season, I had two points like I wanted to kind of tackle, and one was the uh, the class of twenty twenty, and their and like the the decisions the recruits made, which kind of affects that, because if you look at the top five, two of the guys in the top five chose not to play college ball at all and went straight to the G League, which we'll touch on later. Uh, Jalen Green, he even he mentioned though, uh, if he were to go to college, he'd go to Memphis. And Jonathan Kaminga was going to go to Texas Tech, which aren't blue bloods. That would have been crazy, by the way, if Jonathan Kaminga went to Texas Tech. Yeah, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, so then you look at the other guys, like Kay Cunningham, number two, went to Oklahoma State. Evan Mobley, number three, USC. Scotty, uh, Scotty Barnes, number four, Florida State. These aren't blue blood teams, so they just didn't have, like, a really good recruiting year. And that shows because, like, a lot of these teams lack talent and depth. Um particularly Michigan State, like the teams like Michigan State, Kentucky, um, Duke, they're some of the worst shooting teams in college basketball right now, and they just can't create offense like we mentioned before. And uh, another thing that I wanted to mention was – what was it? My fault. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention was, like, the top teams that we do see, like that we are seeing in the AP Top 25, they all have, like, something as a team that they can rely on. For example, West Virginia – they're one of the best defensive teams in college ball right now, and they, they're one of the best rebounding teams also. That's something they can hang their hat on. Uh, Alabama, they're one of the best shooting teams, and that's why they're running the SEC right now. So just, like, having having an identity, that's going a long way this season. What about my boys up there in Ann Arbor? 
So Michigan, I, I did see them at number three. I ain't, I haven't been able to catch a lot of Michigan Michigan games this season. So I'm pretty I'm I'm looking forward to watching them in the tournament. Though I know they're gonna be in it. So I'll, it will. It won't go far. So <laughs> you'll be like Kentucky makes it this year. Oh no, my. we won't. We won't. We won't. I'm sorry. I listen. I've never bashed Kentucky, but this. Yeah, I'm I'm fully bashing. Yeah, we're, we're trash. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't argue with that, Chris. Yeah, so that was just pretty much uh, the two points I wanted to make. Oh, so if we're we can move on to the next topic. This is um somebody y'all named in y'all top five that I like that um y'all like to watch Sharif Cooper, um, and the Auburn and Auburn Tigers. Can I get y'all update on them or what? What y'all think so far about Sharif Cooper? Man, Sharif Cooper, top three point guard. If you had to go point guards, it's Kaday one, and then just Jalen Suggs two, three Sharif. But I feel like Sharif had played as much games as Kaday and Jalen Suggs. He probably battled for that number one spot. That's just me. Just me. And Auburn. I mean, what's there to really talk about? Uh, tournament ban because you know recruiting violations, supposedly allegedly. And uh, Sharif Cooper was banned because his dad's a pro agent. Sometimes with that, too. That's why he didn't play as long as he did. Auburn would be a complete different team. They would have a winning record right now. They wouldn't make the tournament, but they'd have a winning record right now. Uh, Lodge, can I get what, – what, what are your thoughts? Hold on. I'm sorry. Um, so, basically – uh, the second, what Colin was saying about the whole uh, the violating uh, the the recruiting uh, situation. Um, honestly, I I kind of want to save my my comment about that kind of transitioning into the G League um uh, conversation. But to me, honestly, I feel like eventually this is gonna just come to an end, and all those violations are gonna just be stripped away. Because honestly, I feel as though eventually the college ball won't be as big as it used to be, and a lot of people are gonna be transitioning to the G League. All right, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna swing it over to you, Chris. If you don't have any, I don't want to get repetitive. You know, if you have anything different to say, you can speak. I mean, based on their ban for um recruitment, everybody's gonna get hit. Every big school, or if they haven't gotten hit yet because of that, they're going to get hit. Because every school that tries to get a big recruit, recruit like a Sharif Cooper, does the same thing, so they can get those recruits. Uh. But a little bit like I do kind of agree with what Elijah said um, in the sense that maybe, who knows, 10 years from now, 10 or 20 years from now, college ball might not be as big as it is. Because just, just because of the fact that uh, with the new rules that are being implemented through the G League and NCAA, that, I mean, it's, start, it's starting to, not yet, but it's starting to look like that maybe the better route for kids to take is just to go straight to the G League. But I have more on that when we talk when we talk about the, the G League though. All right, Kyrie. Um same with you. You I mean, I don't want us, everybody to have the same answer, so feel me. I'm uh, I'm gonna just touch on him real quick. Just pretty much like how I view uh Sharif Cooper like as an NBA pro- prospect. So he's been fun to watch. They're like I think they're four and five since he came back. So he hasn't made too much of a difference. He seemed like he was at first. But one of the main things I want to see uh, Sharif Cooper improve on is making his, uh, like, imposing his will offensively a little bit earlier in the game. Because if you guys watch, um, oftentimes in their games, like, in the beginning, like, in the first half, he doesn't really shoot the ball. He's just looking to get other guys involved, which I'm not mad at. But being that he's a pretty talented scorer, probably more than we give him credit for, I, I feel like he should be imposing himself out there, especially since, Auburn can't really score well outside of him and JT Thor. They're not really a scoring team. They're a team that likes to play defense and get out on transition. But uh, just that, and sometime, and the only other thing I think he should work on is uh, his decision-making at times, just making a smarter play instead of the flashy play. No, definitely some solid answers. Um, so I heard everybody's piece. We're going to go into the next topic, which is – um kind of translates in what you guys were talking about. So my question to y'all is, will the rise of the NBA G League for high school prospects affect NCAA? And I'm going to swing that off to uh, Chris first. I'm going to hear Chris first. Okay. So based on the question, uh, like I was saying, and kind of like what Lash said in the last one, 
when we were talking about the last topic, I think it's going to, I think taking the professional route is going to be better for high school prospects in another decade or two. Um, only due to the fact that uh, with new rules now, not only are is the G League working to develop these high school prospects, but also going to pay them. And the big thing, the big issue, and just the NCAA in general, not just college basketball, is kids not getting what they should be getting. Now, I'm not saying that you have to sign kids to a million dollar, like they get accepted to your school, you got to give them like a million dollar contract or something like that. But just off the strength, like with a Ben Simmons documentary from a while back when he was at LSU, off merchandise sales for their jerseys without names on it, the selling, selling out arenas and everything, streaming views. I mean, you got to give the kids something. Even even with the full ride, it's just still not enough because there's still a kid at the end of the day. There's still a college kid. Now, I understand that pe- some people might think giving a kid money is a bad idea. But at the end of the day, if they if they working like anybody else, why don't they really get paid? It just that's just my question. And again, Jalen Green, the first person to do it, I think he made the best move for himself. I I actually like what RJ Hampton did uh, when he came out when he went overseas because that's also that's a good route. Or like what Lamelo Ball did, said going to college. And I think that that's going to be the better route for high school prospects because not only are you being developed, not only you're going to play against professional athletes at the same time while developing, you're also going to get paid for it. And at the end of the day, if you are working, why don't you deserve? Why shouldn't you get paid? No, definitely. I agree with you. That's 100% facts. Um, like, uh, yeah, Lodge, I know you wanted to say something about it. You can um, speak Yeah, so me. basically, I, I, I don't want to seem like I'm going too far in depth in, into this into this topic, but I also I do want to point out these, these important facts. So once Jalen Green, Kaminga, uh, and a handful of others finally kind of transitions into this G League, um, basically we're out. It kind of I've, you you would you kind of seen the NCAA kind of fold and kind of give in to paying paying players, but honestly, I feel like it's too late because when you're compensating players, you got to look at it. You you're you're gonna obviously compensate the people that are coming coming in big name freshmen, but look but look look at the bench warmers. You have to comp- compensate them as well. So I feel like with the NCAA, it's a lot more complicated than the G League to compensate the the people that they're bringing in. So and another thing is. Despite them being able to get paid in 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 NCAA in the uh, NCA, however however they do, it's not as easy as a as a G League because G League you have so much exposure. Like all their jerseys are having sponsors, just like NBA jerseys like Ignite. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, I forgot it was another gaming company if I'm not mistaken on Jersey. So it's just like I feel like I I wouldn't even say ten years. I'll give it about another five seven years, and it's gonna be a lot more people transitioning to the G League because it also teaches uh, players how to be a professional firsthand instead of jumping into your rookie season and you're taking out a loan for $2 million, which has happened many a times. I agree. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I agree to um, I agree to everything you were saying because I do think more people are going to lean towards that route. But go ahead, Colin. You can, you can speak your piece or whatever you had to say. Oh, yeah. I want to touch on what uh, Chris said what about uh, your athletes are getting paid. I think the NCAA proposed a fair a fair to pay act that would be launched around 2022. Where they, did. Athletes- they did. They did. Right. So, but yeah, like Lodge says, a little too late for that, you know. Uh, I also read a piece where it say the G League can't really affect college basketball because it's like, okay, we're losing the of course, they would lose a guy like uh, Zion Williamson, right, or Amani Bates. Amani Bates is actually committed to Michigan State, but we don't know if he could flip that over. Or now. <laughs> like, we don't know. We don't really know if he's really going to go or not. But for now, he's committed to Michigan State. But if you if they were still stuck in their old ways, you would lose those generational talents to come and play for college basketball, which it seems not read the article, uh, uh, ESPN senior writer, it didn't seem like that would affect college basketball at all because then it would go back to the old school ways with the one and done rule before it happened. You develop players. They stayed for three years. You had just like the JJ Reddicks, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, like that. So, I mean, this is how I look at it. The G League is definitely uh, Jalen Green trailblazed that, you know, yeah, he was he's had so much clout. I think he had like a million followers on Instagram. His his YouTube videos gets like over a hundred thousand. So him trailblazing that, and then you saw Jonathan Kaminga, Isaiah Todd. They there was a point guard that committed to UCLA. He he decommitted. If you guys remember his name, Deshaun Nicks. There we go, Deshaun Nicks. 
So I see I see it becoming the trend later on. They actually try to recruit Terrence Clark, you know, over there. They should have took him because he didn't do anything for us. So I mean, why not? But hey, yeah, G League is definitely gonna be like, you know, in 10 years, it'll definitely be the move like college. What am I going to college for? I mean, wait, go ahead, Chris. I'm gonna have one more point to make. And this is like a uh let's see. All right, I don't know how to say it, but my last point. If college basketball is still like a big thing, and uh, again, I'll just rent a decade or two, um, based off what I've seen so far or what I've heard from what's been said, I'm looking at a strong push from one of these HBCU schools. I'm not sure which one, but I'm looking at a strong push from one of them. And off the top of my head, I want to go with Howard because they just got Don, because Don Maker's brother just committed to going. He ain't even doing good, though. He's not doing good. Yeah, I didn't. Nah, I didn't. It ain't hit how it's how, how it was supposed to. It ain't hit. Well, I mean, when you think about it, how good was he really? Like, was he a five star? Bro, recruit? no, bro, bro. Are you serious, bro? Have you seen his? Oh, he was. He was. I saw him time. Don Maker was nasty, but what he turned But what he turned down the NBA? He's not doing. He's what? This is first teams on the Cavs right now, isn't he? I know, but that's because he lied about his age too. I think because he old as hell. He's old. Okay, all right. Talking about his brother. A lot of these recruits lie about the age. Like Shabazz Muhammad lied about his age. I mean, there's one. A lot of these recruits lie about the age. He's just he wasn't really all that what it was cracked up to be. That's all it was. So I'm not gonna be too high about his brother. But like I said, he's apparently you know he's a five star recruit. The highlights you guys are telling me so, but he's not doing anything right now. Like what's he doing? What's what's he's up like eleven and eight? I think, but I think he bro. He should have just went to a better squad, bro. So he should have let somebody else do that. He should have let Mikey do that. Mikey should, yeah, yeah. Mikey. Mikey can do that. He can't. You got to No, a point guard got to do he that. Or something. Mikey ever want to start it? That's what he wanted to no, do. No, I'm not. I'm not holding him for that. But I'm, I'm not holding him like trailblazing the way. But you know, at the end of the day, you got to produce results. Results is right, what man. I feel like the position he in, he he should have just went to a better squad. At the yeah. same time, you got to consider the talent that the HBCU uh, HBCU schools have around them. Well, oh, that is point. true. That is true, though. They're not. That's my point. Them. You got to have a whole slew, a slew, a whole, a whole recruit team. You are gonna have to. But but then last, take a while though. But last, my whole thing is like a 50 50 type of thing. So what if he goes there and he takes that team and make it to like a national level? Then that speaks volumes to his as a player and his ability and to the school being put on the map. Then obviously he wasn't that type of guy to do that, aka right. so that's what, a Mikey Williams could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It got to be that type of way, for real, for real. It'll, it'll happen soon, though. Hopefully. Uh, all right. That's all. All right, Chris. You was yo, go back to what Chris was saying. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, but I, no, that was that was good. Basically, I was just saying I feel like it's gonna be pushed from HBCU school in like the next year, if in the next decade or so, college basketball, you know, gets their ish together and kind of stays stays around. All right, uh, that's all I had to say, Mar. I mean, like I said, uh, um, Kyrie, you want to you want to wrap it up? You want to finish it off? Yeah, yeah, I'll wrap it up. So, um, so as far as the question, I do think that the G League is going to make an impact on college basketball, and I give it the time span around the time Lodge said around five, maybe like five to seven, eight years, because I think players, I think they're going to start seeing the benefits more, especially after this season. They're going to start seeing the benefits more of the G League and the G League Ignite team because they have. I was watching um, a Jalen Green workout, and he had an interview with uh, – I can't remember his name, but the guy from Draft Express with ESPN. He had to uh, sit down with him. They were breaking down his game and oh, stuff. I, uh, Mike, Mike Schmertz. I think it was Mike Schmertz. Mike Schmertz. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, so he was talking about, like, the fact that – and a lot of people don't realize this, but the G League and Knights team has some NBA vets too and some G League vets. So a guy like Jared Jack that's been in the league for a long time, he'll go a good way as being a mentor to uh, – to Jalen Green or the guys like Deshaun Nix that plays point guard also. But um, so I think guys will start definitely seeing the benefit in that. Like Lodge touched on, they'll be making money there. They can sign endorsement deals there. They get paid for their likeness, unlike college until uh, just recently. And another thing I look at is like some players just aren't like meant for college. They're not, they're not developed right in college. And that, that gets held against them when we call them draft busts and stuff. And the guy I look at is like Scott LaBissier who went to Kentucky in some uh high, some high school rankings, he was ranked over Ben. Some he was number two under Ben. Could have gone either way, but he, still he was supposed to be. He was supposed to translate to a good NBA talent. And a guy like him, whose skill set wasn't really shown off in college, and he was kind of rushed into the NBA. It and look at him now. He's out the league. It didn't work out for him because I felt I think he felt like or Coach Cal, whoever was around him, 
and there's other internal reasons also. I mean, external reasons also, but but, but Kyrie, I, I feel like at the end, of the, I yes, a a coach does deserve a blame, but at the end of the day, it's like if I'm giving you minutes and you're not doing what you're supposed to do on the court, and, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not I'm not holding the coach to that. I'm just saying that's what some players aren't just meant for college. Some players need to go to a place like the G League or, or should have gone to a place straight like the G League where they would have that year where they're not playing super competitively. They play they're playing competitively, but it's not the NBA yet. Okay. They're, they're developing their bodies. They're developing their skill set, and you're learning under vets. You're playing in front of NBA personnel. They're just the under guys, but they're they best believe you're playing for the windy city. The windy city Bulls. They're telling the Chicago Bulls about you if you're doing good in their games or doing good in their practice. They see something good in you. Right. Okay. No, that's fair. I think just that exposure. I think that's going to attract a lot of players, especially a lot of uh, high ranking players like we've seen with Kaminga, Jayla Green, that come to the G League. And just get like you just get like a head start on the NBA. I feel like. That's um no that's that all sounds that all sounds great to be honest. Like I said, I agree with you. In the next couple of years, I see everything. I see a lot more people taking that road. But um, that's all the topics for today. So, Colin. Oh well, man. Thanks a lot, Martin, for you know definitely moderating this. Really appreciate. No problem. It. I gave him. I gave it my all. I gave it my best. Appreciate that, man. I'm really grateful for that. But thanks a lot to all my co-hosts, Mar, especially. Thanks a lot, Chris, Kyrie, Lost. Thanks for coming out for episode 31. I want to thank the 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 fans that are actually tuning in to us and listening to us. You can follow us on Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, and etc. Uh, we really appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at RestrictedZonePod. You can also follow us individually, too. Uh, it'll be in the description underneath uh, the link. So thanks a lot, everyone. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you.